Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the House of Abraham. I'm your host, Andrew Nelly. Today is a special episode. I am broadcasting live from Washington, D.C. That's right, baby. Live from D.C., the heart of where it all goes down. You know, one thing I really love about this place, besides the many things I love about this place, is I'm a huge history buff. That's something I've talked about quite a bit on the show. I love American history. I love Civil War history. I love the story and the history of the American story, how we got here, how we arrived in this country and built this life and fought tooth and nail, and so many men and women died giving their lives so that we could all be free. I'm obsessed with that. I have an obsession with the 1800s, specifically. I love everything 1800s, all of it. Uh, you know, just the the period, the time, the people, again, the stories, the way people carried themselves, the way people spoke back then was such passion and purpose, which we are lacking so much in today's time. So I'm inspired when I come here to D.C., I'm inspired everywhere I go, everything I see, everything I experience just reminds me of just how fortunate I am to be an American citizen. So what are we going to talk about on this episode today, live from D.C., the nation's capital? Well, I'm going to talk about falling in love with America all over again. You know, when you move away from D.C., you get away from... The beating heart of all of this. The further away you move, the easier it is to kind of forget what we're all doing here. How we got here. What's the history of us as Americans? What is our story? And so, you know, if you live in the middle of the country or especially out on the West Coast, you're about as far removed from the center of that story as you can possibly be. And it's, again, very simple and very easy. It's just what it is. It doesn't make anybody a bad person. It's understandable. It happens to all of us. But coming to D.C. is so important for every American. It's almost like Mecca. Uh, And forgive me if I'm I'm not trying to be, uh, um, you know, I'm not trying to offend anybody. In their religious beliefs, but Mecca is my example that I'm using. You know, every American should take some time out of their life at some point to come here and be closer to the source, close to the vibrations, close to the vibrations that make us uniquely American. So falling in love with America all over again, that's what I would really put at the heart of this episode. So I came here on a work trip, and of course, naturally, I'm just brimming, and I can't wait to go see all of it. I want to see everything I can possibly see with the time that I'm given. So, you know, there's, (laughs) I mean, you name it, the Lincoln Memorial, the... Uh, obelisk, the 
uh, Capitol building, the Pentagon, of course, the, you know, uh, the White House, <clears throat> there's Mount Vernon. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Civil War battlefields, Revolutionary War battlefields. I mean, there is so much history here. Where does one even begin? Well, quite simply for us, it began at the house of our first president, George Washington, at his home in Mount Vernon. So this was really a wild kind of experience, and I've never done it before. As many times as I've been to D.C., I've never actually done the Mount Vernon experience. And I went away from it feeling very fulfilled. So one of the things that's available at the Mount Vernon George Washington home experience, you go into a movie theater and it is advertised as a 4D experience. Now I'm thinking 4D. I certainly know what 3D is. If you put on the glasses and everything looks like it's half an inch in front of your face and it's just a very engaging experience. What could 4D be? What does the 4 mean? Well, I'll tell you what the 4D was. It was incredible. The seats rumble and shake every time a cannon fires. A little light flashes off in the distance as if to mimic <clears throat> the cannon fire explosion. Uh, it was just very real and engaging and just really brought you in completely to the film that you were watching. What was the film? Well, the film was all about George Washington and the battle for our freedom in this country against the British Army. So the story of George Washington is really the story of who we are as a people and at the very heart of who Americans are. You know, America was always labeled as the underdog. You know, we're the, the, that rotten scoundrels over there across the ocean, the British would call us. And, you know, they're ungovernable and, you know, untrustworthy. And they're just a bunch of scum, right? That's the way the British viewed us. Well, George Washington didn't have too many uh, great accolades before he became general and before he won us our independence. I learned from the video that fellow officers and enlisted members didn't believe in his abilities. They actually spoke ill of him. And at the time, <clears throat> we had less troops than the British did. We had a much smaller army. We had a much smaller arsenal. Just in general, things were not in our favor. From a military standpoint, we were definitely the underdogs. So we had a <clears throat> soon-to-be general that was going to be leading all of the forces against arguably one of the most formidable armies the world had ever known at that time. So all the chips basically were stacked against us. And George Washington, from what the video said, had not been in a major campaign or battle in 16 years. So... Again, it just, if you looked at it all on paper, it just didn't look like it was going to be a good day for us, right? Okay. So I watched this video and it was just, the 4D just really brought it home. And it was just incredible. It was incredible to watch all the trials and tribulations that, that he went through and at Valley Forge and, you know, trying to trick uh, Cornwallis and then Cornwallis getting the better of George Washington and then they meet again at a later time and George Washington gets to even the score and it's just the drama of it all. It's just incredible. 
But alas, it's not drama that you see on daytime television. This all actually really played out for real. Lives were lost. Most American soldiers at that time were <clears throat> nothing more than just farmers. <clears throat> General day laborers. They were not soldiers. Uh, they certainly were all green. Of course, by the end of the war, they would all be, you know, an elite fighting force. But at the time, you know, these, these were just simple people from the hills and, you know, the middle part of the country, south. You know, these, these, these men were not built for war, yet they answered the nation's call when the bell rang. So, I like to call this repatronization. Or repatriotized. That's probably not a word, and I probably just made that up, and I don't care. That's what I say it is, so that's what it is. Coming to the nation's capital, coming to Washington, D.C., visiting this place, being on these hallowed grounds where so many people fought and died for our freedom, gives you a sense of patriotism that nothing else in the world will even come close to. It's so important that we all come out here and experience this place, be in the places where so many men and women gave their lives because they believed in something that a lot of other people did not believe in. Other countries actually stood back and watched and waited to see if we could do the things that we said we, we wanted to do and we could do. Believe it or not, the French actually wanted to see what we were going we to be about before they would jump in and help us. At one point in time, the French were basically saying amongst themselves, we'll see if America wins one or two more wars and then we will get involved. That's, I'm sure it didn't go exactly like that, but more or less, that's what happened. So after uh, George Washington kicked ass two or three more times, all inside of about 30 or 40 days, winning multiple campaigns and battles against the British, finally the French decided, eh, maybe we will get involved. So that just shows you where everybody else was, thinking that we were going to be all of but swept up under the rug and folded back into the crown, which it did not go down that way, did it? So while I was at Mount Vernon, I saw a lot of things. I experienced a lot of things. There was a lot of 3D, 4D, 2D experiences, smells, sights. But one of the things I noticed that caught my attention the most was the diversity of the people visiting the site. I saw people from every color, race, and creed and nationality you can imagine. Huge families from India, Pakistan, probably Afghanistan, Cuba, Puerto Rico, all over. All coming to this place to celebrate the amazing story of this country and those who fought to give you the right so that you could scream and yell at your Uber driver and ultimately leave them two stars. <laughs> These men and women fought and died. And you should be thanking all of them in your prayers at night. Because, because of them, we are all speaking English, American, instead of with a British accent. <laughs> if not for George Washington and the amazing leadership that he had and intestinal fortitude... We'd all be walking around going, hey, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? 40? Yeah, uh, yeah. 
I don't know if that was a good British accent impersonation. And if it wasn't, I do apologize. It was on the fly. It wasn't practice. So forgive me. You get the point. Uh, we are Americans and we speak with American English accents. And for that, thank you to all of the <clears throat> amazing individuals who gave their lives during the Revolutionary War. Most importantly, thank you, President Washington, General Washington, sir, for your leadership and your amazing intestinal fortitude fighting through what was arguably one of the most stacked against us chips situation that I think this country has ever seen or known. So when you come to D.C., and I hope that you do, I want you to go around and visit all of the places, all of the sites that you can possibly get to, and everywhere you go, especially the Lincoln Memorial, I want you to walk up to the top of those stairs, and as you're ascending those stairs, when you get to the very top, and you see that great chair, I don't want to say throne, because Abraham Lincoln, if he was still alive, even he would agree, do not put me on some kingly pedestal. I am but a man. So the great chair that Abraham Lincoln is sitting in, and the look that he has as he's sitting in that chair is so, I don't want to say it's full of contempt, but it's full of a challenge. He's looking out at everybody in the whole world across the, the looking pond, I believe is what it's called. Maybe it's the reflection pond. And he's looking at all of us. He's looking through us. And he's saying, I challenge you. I dare you to keep this country moving in a good, positive, forward direction. Please do not make my sacrifices, the sacrifices of the many white and African-American uh, soldiers who gave their lives during the Civil War so that you could be free. Do not make those sacrifices in vain. As you visit Mount Vernon and you go to see the house of George Washington and you'll see many paintings and you'll see his house and the grounds that he walked on, reflect on those times and try to put yourself in those times and think, what could have been going through this man's mind as he led this wild <laughs> kind of uh, misfit group of, you know, farmers and engineers and all these people who should not have been soldiers. He led them against one of the greatest armies this world has ever seen, and he led them into victory because he believed in something. He believed in something bigger than himself, something larger than himself. He knew what this country could be. It wasn't there yet, but he knew someday in the grounds, the structure that this country was built on was laid foundation by these men. These men who were not perfect by any means. I'm in no way, shape, or form saying that Thomas Jefferson or George Washington or Benjamin Franklin or uh, Abraham Lincoln, none of these men were perfect, not by a long shot. And if they were all still alive, they'd say I'm absolutely the most imperfect person. George Washington is quoted many times saying, please do not, don't turn me into a deity. I don't want to be king. I don't want to be your king. I just want 
good, positive things to happen to this country and to my people, our, our people, these people, everyone. So when you walk these grounds and when you visit these places, really have some reverence. Have some reverence for the things that these people did before you. That you have the ability and the right to walk these grounds freely. You can drive from Arlington to across the river to the other side and you go back into D.C. and then go back to and all across. I mean, there's multiple states here. There's multiple states and multiple districts and cities and places you can go and you can cross all of those areas completely free. No one's going to stop you. No one's going to ask you for your papers like they do in Europe <laughs> or some places in the Middle East. There'll be checkpoints and maybe you'll get through that checkpoint alive. Maybe you'll get kidnapped and sold online via the Taliban. Who knows? There's all kinds of awful things that can happen to you in other countries and other places around the world. In America, you can travel freely from state to state, city to city, site to site, completely free completely free and no one's going to stop you no one's going to bother you no one's going to ask you for this or that or that or this you have been given you have been gifted is the better word that right by these men and women the men went off to war and the women stayed back in the homestead and kept the kept everything going god bless all of the women during the revolutionary war and the civil war we would not all be here if not for them. And a lot of these women had positions within the war. I was watching a documentary about the Battle of Manassas. And it talked about an officer that went off to war and his wife was also involved in the war. She was a, uh, a nurse. She was, uh, you know, I don't know what they were back in the 1770s, but she was in the nurse corps. And she served for, I think, 10 years as a nurse in the Civil War and then, or I'm sorry, in the Revolutionary War. So thank God for everybody, male and female, black and white, everybody who participated, lost their lives, gave their lives, gave everything to give us what we have here today, which is this a beautiful, amazing capital city. And so many things that you can go and see and experience, touch, Maybe not so much touch because of COVID, but pre-COVID you could touch. Experience, breathe in, smell, live. Live. Life. All of it has been given and gifted to each and every one of us. So, much like Abraham Lincoln sitting on his chair at the memorial, looking out across everything and everyone, I challenge you, come to Washington, D.C., see the sights, experience them, feel the freedom, breathe it in, touch it, feel it flowing through your body, through your veins. It has been gifted to you by men of great purpose and power who wanted nothing more than for you to have that gift and to use it to help your fellow man and woman. Thank you so much for listening to this episode three, live from DC. I really appreciate your time and your patronage. 
I will continue to bring you more episodes. I love doing this show. It brings me great pleasure and joy. Thank you for joining us on the House of Abraham. Be well. And most importantly, go in peace and love. Amen.